Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, uh, and the Baron of Brewskies, uh, but also the Commodore of Cocktails. I've got uh, some great guests today. Uh, the first is Jordan Presley. She is the representative of Sierra Nevada Brewing here in uh, the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. And my old pal, Dustin Harstead, who uh, has a great place called the Black Cat and, of course, the Blind Tiger Cocktail Company. Um, he's been traveling the world, and now he's got some cool things to share with us. Uh, but I was... Uh, I've got this cat who reached out to me. He does research on beer, and it's CNR Research. Uh, his name is Matt, and he's supposed to be on the phone, but we're missing him right now. Um, but I'm going to give you some some stats on beer. Obviously, we all know, being in the Pacific Northwest, being Seattleites or Seattle transplants or whatever, that this area is full of craft beer, and um, we grow a lot of hops here. In fact, I think it's like 70% of the hops for the United States or 80 or something like that, and maybe uh, Jordan can help me with that. But so far in uh, 2018, just last year, they did the, obviously you can't wait till you can't talk about 2018 till you're in 2019, really, because then you've got all the data. But uh, the United States surpassed 7,000 breweries in uh, in the country, 7,000 breweries. So that is like 35, wait, how many is that per state? 35? I can't even think right now. Uh, anyway, you guys can figure out the math on your own, <laughs> but the number's expected to grow close to another 1,000 in 2019, which is great because that means there's more business for uh, uh, grain farmers, uh, for the hop industry, and for distribution. Um, there's a lot of great things that happen, but I always was curious about the CO2 that's produced in fermentation. I'm concerned about that, uh, but it's probably more CO2 being <laughs> with my windbag of a voice. Uh, anyway, Sierra Nevada was one of my first favorite beers. Of course, Miller High Life was my first very favorite beer. But then when you graduate away from the corn beers and the, the sweetness that you find in those, uh, you're looking for something hops. And hops was like the evolution of, of uh, flavor for me, kind of like finding when you like mushrooms or broccoli or kale. It's one of those things that ah, it's kind of an adult moment here. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I was an adult at the time. Might not have been. Trying to act like one. But uh, anyway, Jordan Presley, uh, the Chief Revenue Engagement Officer for <laughs> Sierra Nevada <laughs> Seattle. Welcome to Happy Hour. Hello. Hello. Um, pretty cool. I'm glad that you walked in the door bearing gifts. Uh, you know, the epiphany took place a while back, but this is kind of a, you've got the three beers there, which is cool. Um, you started with uh, Sierra Nevada, but you have a history in fermentation because you worked uh, in the Northwest with cider. I did, yeah. I was with Seattle Cider before joining Sierra Nevada, and before that I was with a brewery down in California, and I got my start in the alcohol industry in wine, actually from Santa Barbara County. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Santa Barbara is known for Sideways. Uh, it is, yes. I, I lived there when they were filming it in San Inez, actually, is where yeah, I'm really? from. Yeah, um, well, the, the Hitching Post. The I, Hitching Post. I had dinner with, uh, <laughs> was it Chuck? I think Chuck's the owner. Uh, we had dinner together in San Diego. By chance, we're both at the same bar, and anyway, like, hey, what's going on? Oh, He's I'm a here. good egg. He's a good egg. Yeah. yeah, it was really fun. Well, let's talk about Sierra Nevada. Uh, Sierra Nevada was founded? Uh, back in 1980 by Ken Grossman. He had a homebrew shop in Chico, 
and started messing around with his own beers and found some success with his stout, his porter, and most notably, the pale ale. Yes, the pale ale, uh, the ubiquitous, beautiful yellow-orange-green label with Sierra Nevada. Um, do you remember what hops they use? Do they still use the same hops for the pale? Still using the same hops and still bottle conditioning. So that's our kind of big secret to success, I think, with that beer especially, is we make sure all the oxygen is removed and that, that bottle is nice and dark. I don't know if people are familiar with the, the iconic six-pack, but um, the darker bottle keeps it light as light tight as possible in a bottle and then light tight light tight not and light bright not light bright and it's a bummer for your beer if you get a lot of light on it um and then bottle conditioning just make sure there's no oxygen because beer doesn't beer doesn't want to have to deal with oxygen it likes the co2 that you were talking about yes and uh, co2 dissolves best when a liquid is chilled uh versus warm then it tends to be uh, frothy yeah definitely drink your beer cold that's a, <laughs> that's a huge recommendation yes cool chilled cold however you like it um but make sure it's in a clean glass and with these beers, really, a glass is, is really more appropriate because you'll release some of the flavors in them, don't you think? For sure. If you have the option to not drink it straight out of the can or the bottle, that's always preferred. Um, <laughs> and I, I know you're big into wine. Uh, the new, I think, trend that's going to be coming is uh, picking the right beer or the right glass for your beer, just like you can have the right glass for your wine. So I brought a few hop glasses to an event last, or an IPA glass, excuse me, to an event last night. And I think people aren't fully immersed in how maybe we shouldn't all be drinking our beers from pint glasses. There are different glasses for a different occasion and a different beer. Yeah, pint glasses are very, very utilitarian. It's, it's, it's They're great. It doesn't really hurt them, um, but it doesn't actually uh, exaggerate or emphasize the, the beautiful components, the nuances, what you get from aroma. Very much so. And when we think about flavor and taste, it all starts with the nose and the olfactory system. Yeah, and how it looks. Um, if, it gets, if you get a proper pour in the right glass, it's a thing of beauty, and you just want to kind of look at it before you get your nose in there. So. Which we have to give credit to Stella for doing such a great job promoting the idea that there's a certain glass appro- appropriate for a I certain I got two beer. Stella glasses in my, my cabinet, <laughs> so I'm right on board. Exactly. Uh, so fun. Well, um, I understand that... Uh, Obviously, being in Chico, California, uh, and the last few years in California has been either torrential rain, mudslides, and then fires. So, um, I don't know if you you know if you're not reading the Bible down there or something, but it seems like the writing's on the wall. Uh, sadly, but there's people out there who are helping each other, and this is the best part of humanity. So when we come together to overcome an obstacle, a challenge, a, a, a devastating tragedy, and um, Tell us what's happening at uh, Sierra Nevada. So, yeah, I'm sure most people are aware. uh, Back in November, California suffered one of the the deadliest fires in their history, the the Camp Fire. Um, Ken Grossman has been living in Chico for the last 35 years, and he's a, a big pillar of the community. And obviously a lot of our employees were directly affected, but the whole town of Paradise um, was just demolished by this fire. So what Ken decided to do was um, create something called the Campfire Relief Fund. Uh, He set it up through Golden Valley Bank, and he seeded it actually with $100,000 from the brewery just to kind of get it going. But he decided to make a beer called the Resilience, Resilience IPA Butte County Proud. Um, And we're going to make that beer pretty much all proceeds, all, all the proceeds from the beer go back to this campfire relief fund. Um, is that an on-premise beer only, or is it actually retail? It's both. Okay. Yeah. So we, what we did is we kind of 
decided to to do a call to arms to all craft breweries in the nation, and I know you mentioned there are 7,000 of them currently. Um, We got a response from over 1,400 breweries saying, hey, yeah, we'd love to join the cause. Get us the recipe. We'll make it. Um, It's nice to have that clout with the Sierra Nevada calls. Like, hey, I'm picking up that phone. (laughs) I mean, I think Ken has a a lot of weight, and he doesn't throw it around too often. So when he does for a cause, people know it's really important. Um, And he made the recipe available, and we got the beer brewed. Uh, Sierra Nevada sent two shipments up to Washington. So we had the first batch drop towards the end of December around the holidays. Um, it's available both in stores and in bars. We did an event just last night, uh, had it on tap at the Black Cat, um, and we did a silent auction event to go along with it to just try and raise as much money as possible to get donated back to that campfire relief fund. I want to be an auctioneer for the silent auction. I mean, it, you'd be really good at it. I don't think your talents <laughs> and your vocal abilities would be used to their best. but Probably not. Uh, but we've always those are always fun. Well, congratulations on that idea and that it's being uh, uh, well received throughout the industry. I'm sure the consumers are always looking for a new experience. Did you happen to bring some? I don't have any resilience what? on me because it flew off the shelves. Oh. Thank goodness. Uh, that being said, on our website you can find a list of all the local bre- well, all the breweries nationwide who've decided to make this beer. There are a few here in Seattle who have also joined the cause. So. Hit up our website and see where you can maybe go get the, your nearest pint. I do know of one account where you can get it. In I Bell know. Town. I tell you what. <laughs> how about I see you brought some beers. You, we can't not taste the beers. So how about you pour me a taste? And I'll ask Dustin Harstead, who is the proprietor of Black Cat, who is participating in this. Dustin, hey, welcome to Happy Hour. Hey, welcome so back. back. Yeah. So um, how old is Black Cat? We're about to turn one next month. One. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Thank yeah. You. No doubt. Thank you. And. Um, y- do you so you're a full service bar, wines, cocktails, spirits, yeah. beers, everything? Yeah, one stop shop. I mean we got everything from proper classic cocktails and our own uh signature cocktails as well, but we really focus on more of like kind of a a nerdy beer kind of vibe and pairing it with uh, with uh, shots of you know really great uh, spirits that we have. We have a really vast spirit selection and we want to share that with everybody. Excellent. Well I'm curious. Has the shot glass sort of evolved that we talk about? I mean, that's been a signature standard thing. We all do shots out of the same thing. Shot glass, maybe not so much, uh, but, you know, glasses that we use to kind of dissect and, and pontificate on spirits has, uh, such as the Glen Cairn glass. The Glen Cairn glass. Yes, indeed, yeah. That's, uh, that's you know, kind of a, a, a staple for all things spirits, really. All right. Uh, very cool. Is there a special glass you're serving the uh, Resilience IPA in? Uh, honestly, we're just kind of serving it out of pints right now. We're just trying to get in, the, in people's hands and get the word out and just kind of blast through it, help people sure. out. And there's something to see. I mean, a big pint of, of beer is always an attractive thing, like, hey, I'll belly up. And that means you're going to stick around a while. Um, well, I appreciate that. We're going to have you on the next few segments because you've got some goodies to share. But, uh, Jordan, you poured me a beer. and uh, I did, I'm and you're curious. welcome. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, so this is a beautiful new spring seasonal for us. It's our Brute IPA. I don't know if you have many hot heads on your your listeners but brutes are going to be the next cool thing hazies were last year they're still super popular but brutes are coming down the pipeline and the term brute was an english thing that mm-hmm. we talked about the the wines the claret wines there or actually the bubble wines champagne, champagne. was brutish yep. meaning it was stronger it was dry yeah yeah it turned out to be dry but originally it meant brutish and it was like because it was dry, it had that effect on your mm-hmm. palate. Um, so when you say dry beers, we so went through that. We did go through that, and we actually, one of the main differences between our brute and uh, the 
general trend for this new style is that we don't add any enzymes. Uh, we're not we're not adding anything extra to get this this brutish quality. All of it is chemistry and brewing practices. We're bringing everything down in temperature so that it's brewed correctly to be true to this new style, um, and we're making sure that with no additives and not we're not fermenting with champagne yeast or anything like that so it should be an incredibly clean palate lovely hot profile on the nose and especially the front end but that back palate should just drop off nice and clean i'm, I'm trying to figure out from my home brewing experience what hops this is obviously a dry hop beer and ipas tend to be that for the aroma but also for the bittering hops that's during the boil um on the the nose i want to say it's it's mosaic or this, uh chinook you know what? Uh, it's it's my fault for not having my cell sheet right in front of me since I've only had this so beer I'm for right. two weeks. How about I don't that? know That's the right, hops right off gentlemen. the top oh, of my head. Oh, sure we do. I got you covered. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, no well, much obliged. Thank you kindly. Come out in the trade with me. You'll be really I, helpful. I would love that. Um, I'd ride shotgun and drink your beer all day. Uh, this is actually a lighter style IPA. This is, doesn't have quite the alcohol. I'm feeling it. Um, and it actually has good acidity. It's, it's a bright, refreshing kind of... Uh, and the brute tends to be... tends seems to me to be the right... The right style, the right name, the right term for this. Very much so. Um, it's actually six point two, so it's it's no slouch. But because it's so clean on the finish, it is very clean. It's so clean, and it um, it makes you want to keep drinking it. Well, which... good because uh, you know the session beers. Heck, I need a six point two session beer. A six point two? I don't know if there's a six point two. So, uh, Dustin, you're so wonderful. So our bittering hops are experimental here on this brute. So you're not gonna you're not gonna uh. be allowed to know. Um, and then we use comet and crystal. It looks like. Um, so. Comet and crystal malt. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So fun. Um, Brewed IPA is now available. It's it, when was it released? It was released January first. All yeah, right. So it's our spring seasonal. It replaced our celebration. That uh, that our, was one of my favorite beers. Still is. It's a lot of people's. The favorites. Bifrost is a great beer. I mean, I'll, I'll throw them out there. I love that season when you get big beers with good hot flavor because that's kind of I home brewed. Anyway, um, is there a website, Jordan? There is very much so. Uh, you can just go to SierraNevada.com. You can look up the resilience information on there. Um, we have the donate now link if anyone's at all interested in donating to that campfire relief fund um and then any new beers or anything we got drop and you'll be able to find it on awesome website. what a pleasure to meet you congratulations on uh, really helping the community and uh coagulating this industry we have with seven thousand plus you got 1400 plus breweries to participate and honestly it's, it's seattle itself has been super impactful and we're just really appreciative of all the support that we've gotten namely with dustin and any other support right on a pleasure well let's do it again i, I want to have this pipeline with tasting sierra nevada beers as often <laughs> as possible <laughs> hey folks i got dustin hart at harstead the uh of the Black Cat coming up next on Happy Hour Radio. Putting America first and holding the powerful accountable. Sean Hannity, weekdays 6 to 9 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round two. And uh, so pleased to have my old friend Dustin Harsed, the owner-founder of Blind Tiger Cocktail Company. And now uh, it's almost Seattle's newest bar, even though you're less than a year old, but... <laughs> Everyone's got a dream. Hey, Dustin, welcome back to Happy Hour. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me back. Hey, uh, congratulations on uh, supporting the uh, Sierra Nevada uh, Resilience Campaign with the beers there. That's really neat. Um, I, I know that with with the news these days, we can see devastation at any moment, but 
when it's it affects things like Sonoma, when we're, we're especially when the industry is bartenders and hust servers and winemakers and sommeliers, that's part of it's like saying, you know, there's a big fire in Champagne, like, man, we should do something. Mm-hmm. But we probably don't. Anyway, it's good that we're doing something with that. Let's talk about Black Cat. What uh, I know when you were traveling the world on cruise ships and things like that, you were um, having some great experiences. Uh, I think, did you go to Greece once, I think? All over, yeah. We were in the Mediterranean for a couple months there. Greece, Italy, Spain, uh, Turkey. And then uh, we did a bunch of work down in the Caribbean as well over a bunch of different islands. And uh, hopefully that work will continue. All right on. Well, good for you. Uh, so you came back to Seattle, and you had an idea for what? What was this inspiration, the genesis? You know, it kind of it was one of those things. I was working at uh, at Cannon up on Capitol Hill, and they're known for you know high end craft cocktails and you know over four thousand different uh, spirits, namely whiskeys. And I I love I love 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 craft cocktails and everything along with it. But um, I really felt like in this day and age, you know, I think I wanted to bring things back to simplicity, and more importantly, making drinking fun and maybe less intimidating. And given, you know, the fact I'm a washed up punk rock kid and Seattle has is so entrenched uh, with with musical history, especially in the Belton neighborhood, uh, namely so, um, I just thought it'd be a great place and a great concept to kind of have that rock and roll neighborhood vibe that's really approachable, but kind of more geared towards, you know, boilermakers, beer and shot pairings, things like that. Okay, so where is Black Cat? Black Cat's on 1st and Blanchard, uh, addresses 2132 1st Avenue. It's just a block down the street from the crock. You're on 1st and Blanchard? Yeah. Right on the corner there, across the kitty corner from uh, Queen City. Next to that uh, taco place? That's the one. Taco Del Mar. Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, that's been a couple iterations. It used to be like Gambas or something shrimp, I think. And Yeah, it was Jai Tai for a while. Jai tai. It was a club called Cellars. Yes. Um, then it was, there was another concept after that, and uh, then we, we took over. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. I just walked by that on uh, Monday. That's my old stomping ground. So when you think about Belltown, I worked at a place called Casi Becha, which is now Ambar. Okay. But that was in 1990 through 96. And uh, it was the it was the, the joint next to Celebrities, if you remember that place. It was an old dance club in Pioneer Square. But we were the two places that were really hip and cool, doing shots and things like that, margaritas, and we're just breaking in. But Hart was recording their Bad a- and Bad Animal studio, which was down the street, so that Hart would always come in. I was hosting karaoke, and Ann Wilson would get up and like, are you kidding me? This is really fun. That's amazing. It was really amazing. Yeah. And our friend was, uh, one of my servers was Harris Thurmond. He was the guitarist in a band called Hammerbox, which had Carrie Ockery as the singer back then, and they, they actually got picked up by label and... And some producers screwed up their sound, <laughs> so that ended. Anyway, uh, congratulations! That's really neat. First, uh, First Avenue, man. That's yeah. prime time. Yeah, we're just three blocks uh, north from the market. I mean, we're right there. And what are your hours? We're open uh, from noon until close, two a.m. every noon? single day. Yeah, man. We're oh, doing you got to get. You doing? Lunch. Well, what's the food? Uh, it's like comfort food style. I mean, we got everything. Just <laughs> shot in a beer. I mean, yeah, pretty much liquid lunch. Everything from that to, uh, I mean, it's 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 beyond you know your typical pub grub uh, like burgers and fries. We got some really cool stuff. Just come check it out. I will. Uh, I can't believe you're open at noon. I mean, you know, especially uh, um, a celebrated uh, bar mixologist as yourself, bartender that is so used to working. Uh, obviously, till the wee hours in the morning in, in the industry, which you know never gets old. <laughs> no, no, never. <laughs> and so now that you're back, someone's got to be on premise, of course, to take orders and stuff. How big? How many seats you got there? We comfortably seat seventy. Wow. Yeah, we have a patio out there in front, right there on First Ave too. Um, it's plenty of room, so it's perfect for large groups. Um, but also, if you're just looking to belly up to the bar and grab a good drink. Right and here. are you? Um, 
showcasing, I know you brought some, it looks like rum today. Are you showcasing yeah. rums? We showcase all spirits. We have a focus on whiskey. People uh-huh. love their whiskey. And uh, given my background, I mean, it's I love whiskey too. But we have plenty of agave. We have a bunch of Amari, scotches, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, But today, yeah, I brought a, um, I went down to Puerto Rico a few months back. And was Puerto invited, Rico. Yeah. Got invited by uh, Don Q Rums to uh, oh, yeah. to blend our very own proprietary rum. Really? Yeah. So this is our Black Cat Rum. You can see the little little copper medallion here. It's oh, got it smells great. Well, all the credentials there. But yeah, it's um, it's really cool. It's a seven-year base. Uh, we pulled from their Solera vat as well. So they had some like 30-plus-year-old stock in there. That was pretty wild. And then uh, finished it off with some Oloroso Sherry Cast mm-hmm. rum as well. And it's just, it's meant to be a sipper. I kind of wanted to gear it towards that beer and shot mentality. You can have a shot of rum and like a, a perfectly paired beer. And then, um, but it stands tall in like classics like daiquiris, old fashions and the like. Well, it's got, it's very expressive. Uh, just so let's take a step back. Let's talk about rum. There are basically three ingredients or uh, three, what? Well, there's two Three. major types, really. I mean, you have molasses-based rum, which uh-huh. makes up a vast majority of uh, rum production. It's usually around like 95% of all rums are molasses-based, the byproduct of sugarcane production. Right. Then you have your agricoles, which are just straight uh, pressed sugarcane. Agricole. And agricole is more of that French style. It's it's super medicinally. It's, it's like the way I like to describe it is like burnt tires and like licking a rubber band in the best way. It's like the, the Isla... Scotch equivalent of rum production, I suppose. It's, it's really like bold. Li- licking flavor. the rubber latex from the dominatrix. All of that. Yeah. All of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's really fun. Actually, Don Q has uh, has some products here in, in uh, distribution locally. I know they have, a, I think, a 151, a Reposado, a Ñejo, and a Blanco. Um, do they do other special things? Did you pick them out? Did, did, is this a, a distillery that actually offered this particular service, or did you say, hey, Don Q's got something going on. I want to go get involved. You know, I've always been a fan, um, but uh, coincidentally, last summer, shortly after uh, we opened, uh, I was approached by them with an opportunity to go down there and blend with the Master Blender, and I just, I mean, who's going to turn that down? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they've got some great products. They're doing some really cool uh, new things. They have a Reserva line, and now they're starting to age in uh, different barrels. So they're doing some wine barrels. They're doing some really cool stuff, some uh, some port and vermouth barrels. It's uh, Vermouth, huh? Yeah, they're, they're crushing it right now. That's interesting. And when you think about a barrel of, of uh, rum, yo, and these are pot stills because there's so much complexity, there's so much flavor coming from in rums. And I'm always curious, is that part of the oak aging? Is that part of the atmosphere, the, the salt, the saline, the tropicality of, of the location? Because uh, otherwise it's clear. And it gets its color in some of the flavors from the barrels, of course. It's from the barrels for sure. I mean, all those variables you just listed play a uh, essential role in the variety of different uh, types and flavors of rum, for sure. And also, like, they can be completely different from one island to the next. It's crazy. It's it awesome. is crazy. And I, I got to be honest, I've always been a little suspect of, of like, pirate rum, P-Y-R-A-T, with the Buddha. That has got so much damn flavor. I, I can't believe it. It's it tastes like orange marmalade meets like um, papaya and guava or something. I can't speak to that brand confidently enough, but <laughs> I would say that I very much agree with you, and, and I hold it a suspect as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're owned by Patron, so that's suspect uh, enough as okay, well. Okay, yeah. sure. Mm. So they're probably aging it. Maybe they're aging in their old uh, Patron Citron barrels or something, know, I mean, right? To get that orange do you flavor. Want, do you want your tequila or rum from some guy who makes shampoo? I don't know. Uh, no, I've, I've honestly, as much I've, I'm uh, actually, I'm a, uh, Patron ambassador cause I went through their course, which is a very good course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've never been a fan of, of Patron white. Um, and then when you get to Nyeho, it's like, well, 
too. Ex- yeah. Anyway, we're not going to uh, <laughs> berate any products. I love Patron. What are you talking about, Chris? <laughs> Fantastic. Stuff. All right. So this is called the Selection Especiale, and uh, you said this was a base of, of seven-year-old rum, mm-hmm. and then you had some Solera. Yeah. How many times did it take you to find this particular batch? And were you using twenty-year rum? Or using what well, was really cool about the experiences when they invited us down? They brought us into the barrel house, and we were straight up just drilling into the heads of these casks and sampling uh, a bunch of different rums and. Uh, once we got oh. to the seven-year base and we started drilling in Oloroso sherry casks, it was like these got to be in here because it has that that complexity of flavor. Like I said, that kind of like guides you towards sipping on the spirit alone, but it just it makes a beautiful daiquiri. Especially I've been drinking daiquiris of this stuff all day long. And so Oloroso sherry, uh, in the hierarchy sherry, it's the dark one. Uh, it's just before Pedro Jimenez, which is a white grape that's been raisined and it turns out to be really dark and sweet. Um, the the con the the constant of all sherries is that it has acidity, but it's the level of sweetness. So Fino Manzanilla, you have uh, uh, the ones, uh, the mixed ones, uh, Amontillado. Oh yeah, and then the uh, other ones was the Coy Coyetas. No. I can't think right now today. It's it's not a brain day. No. <laughs> um, and when you think about Oloroso, it has some sweetness. It's basically what they make uh, cream sherry from. It's a it's a blend. Cream sherry is a blend of Oloroso. And yeah, it's got sherry. a bit of that. It's got a little bit of nuttiness too. A little bit of a slight sweetness on the front palate, and then it kind of dries out towards the back. Yeah. Mm. I'm a big rum fan, and what I like about this rum is that, first of all, it's heady. It's got great aromatics. There's the coconut, the tropical notes, um, some barrel... Um, it's brown sugar. It just smells inviting. On the palate, there's, it's rich, but it's also light to a degree. It, it tastes like a good mixer because it's, it has enough flavor, but it doesn't overpower. It's not like Myers Dark. Myers Dark right. is always, you know, I like a Myers and Pine, and heck, I'll drink the heck out of those in Hawaii. But um, that's another story. Speaking with Dustin Harstead, the uh, owner of uh, Blind Tiger Cocktail Company and First and Blanchard's Black Cat Bar. It's called Black Cat. Yeah, it sure is. Black Cat. All yeah. right. Uh, you got some more goodies for us? Uh, yeah, other than a great conversation. Perfect. We're <laughs> going to try this other room. Hey, folks, stick around with my pal Dustin Harstead right here on Happy Hour Radio. Day the right way. The commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, Seattle, welcome back. Time for round three. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun today. Uh, this dry January thing. <laughs> not working so well today but that's okay because uh um it's always worth enjoying good things in life in moderation of course uh and uh saturday nights is really a moderation day it just you know just drink all day but in moderation <laughs> uh we had a great rum um courtesy of uh, it's actually called the black cat rum dustin yeah it's the don q uh, selection especial all right and you, you said how many different uh, rums are in that? Uh, we have a total of three different uh, rums in the blend. Interesting. And how many v- rums did you play with prior to that? Did you do some other mixing and say, you know what, I thought this might work and it's not working for me? Yeah, we we played around with uh, three different bases and then I think, gosh, probably just shy of 20 different rums in, in general. Um, and 
just kind of messed around. I had a good idea of where I wanted to go, so um, I kind of had that barometer in mind, and then um, just kind of went from there. Are these uh, sugarcane rums or molasses rums? Those are molasses-based. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you think of molasses versus sugarcane, is one what I'll call cleaner than the other? So agricole would be the more rustic type? It's just different. I mean, like with agricole, there's a lot more esters involved, so it's got that funk to it. Um, some people really appreciate that, and others don't. I happen to absolutely love the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Black Cat. You have a happy hour. You're open from noon to midnight. No- noon until close, 2 a.m. Yeah. Every day. Oh, wow. Every day. Uh, and so you have great lunch. you got a food menu that's more than just a gastro pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, you have wine, beer, cocktails, and classic spirits from your days at Cannon, which is making helping make a name for that place. I think when you were there, they were just named... Yeah, it was it was for four years I was there. Uh, they got all kinds of accolades. I mean, it was killer staff. Jamie Boudreaux really really knows what he's doing. Um, got uh, voted number six best bar in the world, uh, best spirit selection in the world a couple of times, and uh, best drink selection in the world as well. I know it was so fun to uh, have a really fun night with you there as uh, my guide, if you will. Um, Capitol Hill. You know, I back in the old days, we go to Capitol Hill. It was just wild. Uh, obviously. It's being a little more gentrified these days with the prices going up. Um, but that place still is an amazing character. If you haven't been to Cannon, you go check it out. But we're going to go check out Black Cat. Uh, let's talk about your happy hour. Sure. So we do a happy hour every uh, Monday through Thursday from uh, 5 to 7 p.m. And then again, 11 p.m. until 1 a.m. We serve uh, food until 1 a.m. as well every wow. day. Wow. That's great. And so you're known for uh, a shot and a beer? Is that what you like to see? That's not known for it, but that's... That's kind of what we focus on a little bit. It's I mean, that waterfront, you can, the wharf, right? Yeah, you can get whatever you want. I mean, you've won a proper cocktail, we got you covered. You want a glass of wine, we got that too. But I've just, I've always been a beer and shot drinker, despite my cocktailian background. Um, I just, it's just straightforward, it's to the point. But I love the 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 pairing process involved with that. Um, we got some really cool beer from local heroes, such as Cloudburst Brewing, right across the street from us. Holy Mountain, I'm a huge fan of them. We always have uh, two dedicated tap handles to them. In fact, um, we're taking the barrel that we aged uh, this this rum in, gave it to the boys over there at Holy Mountain, and they're working on a, an anniversary beer for us. Did you buy a barrel of rum? I sure did. Oh, and so was it transported in barrel or was it bottled? No, no, it was bottled. They sent the barrel up here, and we uh, we reseasoned it with some of our rum and and gave it to the Holy Mountain guys. Oh, fun. Yeah. They they send it whole, yeah. Okay, they do. I know a lot of times they'll break they'll them down. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they send it whole, and we're doing something similar with. Uh, we went down to Old Forester in uh, Louisville three weeks ago and bought a barrel of bourbon as well. So we'll have our own Black Hat uh, bourbon as well. It's gonna it's gonna rule. Uh, Old Forester that uh, that's with the Woodford, right? Old- yeah, that's part of that that portfolio. The, that's uh, Brown Foreman. Brown Foreman, yeah. yeah. So fun. Um, I'm excited about your. I mean, one year did it go quick? I feel like I've been, it's been three years already. <laughs> but, yeah, we opened up a day after Valentine's Day um, in 2018, and so we're right around the corner of the year. You know, I haven't uh, been drinking uh, at, in my old haunt. I mean, I left there in 96, so it's basically over 20 years ago. And uh, I, the Frontier Room used to be right across the street. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anita. I've had some nights there, too. <laughs> yeah. And that was, you know, the, she was the cocktail nuts or the drink Nazi. She's not the soup Nazi, but you better know what you wanted by the time you got there or you're at the end of the line. Yeah, it's changed a little bit. I mean, the neighborhood is really up and coming. What I'm particularly proud of uh, about Belltown is that there's a number of bartender-owned bars. It's not just us. Our friends down the street at Screwdriver are doing some wonderful things underneath Belltown. They're still there. That's... they. They just had their uh, two-year anniversary. They're killing it. Oh, that's not the place on the corner, wasn't that? Oh, that was Twist, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What made me so think. They're, they're doing great things. Cursed Oak, Jupiter, Neon Boots. Our, our neighbors over at Queen City, Linda Dershang, uh, took that over, and they're doing some phenomenal things. It's a 
the neighborhood's really changing for the better, I think, and we're just proud to be a part of it. That's good, because I know when I was there back in the late 80s with Watertown and uh, Queen City and Frontier Room and Mama's, where those are the only joints except for a couple of dive bars, um, it was a little sketchy. We the, the old buildings down there, and that's when homeless... Well, they're not, they're no longer friendly, but that's when you weren't sure if you were going to actually, you know, um, lose something. But, uh, I was down there walking, uh, on Monday, uh, during the day and in the evening, late at night, about 1130. Um, I felt perfectly safe. Oh yeah. I, I feel that way regardless where I'm in, in Seattle for the most part. Um, so I think it's, it's a great place to, to walk. There were people out and I thought it was, it's becoming that cosmopolitan downtown neighborhood that we've we've longed to see with with people not just parties because in the old days we people would descend they would drive mm. from Kent to go visit Casa you betcha because it was that <laughs> kind of spot yeah but you know we knew that those people weren't really the local parts but um, there's some restaurants there of course you got Umi Sushi the Umi House or mm. Umi Sushi House um, mm. I was at the new venue just on Bell Street called Block Forty One. Very cool uh, special events uh, venue. Do you do special events at Black Cat? Are you planning on that? Yeah, I mean we do uh, we do buyouts and all that sort of stuff. Private events. Um, we've hosted a, a few specialty events uh, regarding music, and uh, you know we've done like you know brewers nights and distillers nights, things like that. So we're always kind of keeping things fresh. Interesting. I'm tasting your rum again. It's it's a deliciously um, smooth but inviting and somewhat invigorating rum. It has it has some kick to it. Is are there ingredients like you can find a really sweet barrel? We toasted it extra hard, so you're getting a lot of those lactones, those vanillins in there. I mean, yeah, I mean they're sitting on a bunch of stocks, so depending on you know, I mean, what what you're pulling from, it's definitely going to drastically impact the overall flavor of the rum. Right. What's a especially house cocktail you have at Black Cat? So I'd say one of our more popular drinks right now is we're making a ton of daiquiris with this uh, with our rum, uh, but I mean we so have so sugar, lime juice, and rum. Yeah, but just in the perfect proportions. It's just it's the best way to kind of kickstart your evening. Um, but a lot of folks are leaning towards a, a vodka-based drink, uh, not surprisingly enough, in Belltown, uh, called the Red Fang, after one of my favorite metal bands out of Portland, Oregon. The Red? The Red Fang. The Red Fang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, vodka. We make a house, uh, house-made house grenadine with uh, pomegranate molasses, pomegranate juice, and a touch of orange flower water for some kick. Oh, neat. Uh, then a bit of citrus and some kava. And it's just super refreshing, easy drinking, and people are loving it. Can you, are you going to take that grenadine to more commercially? Because I think no. we no, no, not really. I mean, it's it's a lot of folks use a very similar recipe. So I mean, it's one of those things. It's just quick and easy to make, and it's really consistent, and it's it really pops. It makes a cocktail kind of pop. I remember. Uh, I think Cannon had like uh, antique glassware. Was that right over oh, there? Yeah. yeah. Are you in that same mold? Are you looking at thrift shops or no? Is man, everybody we're, sort we're, of we're just kind of gravitating to towards like that neighborhood bar feel? You know, I really I I loved the the craft cocktail world, but you know you won't find any you know suspender wearing mustachioed bartenders behind the bar at at Black Cat. We just wanted people to be able to feel instantly know what they're getting themselves into and feel comfortable. You know, the perfect beard. <laughs> finally quaffed finally quaffed I, I get a kick out of that because I, I you know it's it's an extension of yourself really it Certainly. truly is yeah. an extension and now me being a little bit follicular challenged uh, obviously you know I, I play around with that every now and then um is there a website that we can check out, Black Cat? Yeah, check out blackcatseattle.com. Check us out on Instagram, Black Cat Seattle, Facebook, same story. Um, we always keep things pretty updated on there, let you know what we're doing. Right on. And Blind Tiger, what's what's uh, the latest on that? So I put that on the back burner for the past year while I was getting the, the bar built out. I can't. I know. I can't owning a, owning a bar or a restaurant is, 
is a lot of hours. Yeah, but I mean, Blind Tiger's still there. Uh, we still do consulting and whatnot. A lot of we do a lot of work with brands still. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to kind of get back in the, in cahoots with uh, Celebrity Cruise Lines and uh, Casco Travel and do some more stuff. I'm talking with them now, and hopefully we'll be doing some stuff in Hawaii coming up here. Oh, soon. fun! Yeah. Uh, do you do? I mean, is there a, a special event? Do you do a special flight or a tasting at Black Cat that maybe it's Monday? You know, mon- not mundane Mondays or what do you? Any? We do. We have a couple of uh, tricks up our sleeve. Uh, I've heard rumors of whenever Led Zeppelin's "Immigrant Song" comes on, uh, there's a there's a very special drink available while the, during the duration of that song. So if you come in and you hear that, just kind of kind of ask around. <laughs> How appropriate. I mean, right? <laughs> Do you have to sneak inside when you hear that song? I mean, not really. No, just come on Tunnel under the fence? No, no, (laughs) not this time around. Uh, What a treat. Dustin R. said, "Um, so good to connect with you. Thanks for sharing your uh, black cat, uh, black cat, (laughs) Don. Close enough. Yeah, Selección Especial Rum. Uh, It's delicious. And I I can't wait to check out, uh, gosh, lunch and uh, happy hour and uh, maybe some late nights at Black Cotton. First and Blanchard. Yes, sir. Right on, pal. Uh, great to have you here, and thank you. Let's, uh, you know, it's good to get you back all the time. I Let's look forward it to it. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, folks, th- I hope you enjoyed that, and if you haven't had a chance to taste some of these great rums, I- I'm a huge rum fan. It's the bridge between bourbon and Irish whiskey to me, where you get the great sweetness and, and nuance, but it's a lighter flavor for the most part. Uh, and a little less wood, new wood, I should say. Anyway, hey folks, stick around. We got one final segment coming up on Happy Hour Radio. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby, the Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m., KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back, and go figure. I have another bottle of rum here. Yo, ho, ho. So I grabbed Dustin. Hey, you got to stick around and help me. Um, this new product came. Uh, again, it's it's wild how soon you're on all these lists of, of new products and, and this kind of new stuff in the industry with its beverages and, and food. Uh, I have something from the Coconut Cartel. It's called Special. It's a Guatemalan dark rum with coconut water. But the cool thing is it's 40% alcohol by volume. Uh, which, you know, so it's not as flavored vodka like you get 35% or 37 or whatever it is. Um, here's the story on it. It says, we ventured through the jungles. <laughs> I like sure. this already. <laughs> In their SUV, <laughs> hillsides of Central America, to bring back this handcrafted dark rum infused with fresh locally sourced coconut water. Take a sip and forget everything. <laughs> You thought you knew about the heydays of rum culture because the good old days start now. The Coconut Cartel, a special blend made in white American oak barrels. Um, Okay, Uh, well, as a professional, spirit professional, a mixologist, uh, I want to get your take on it, Dustin. What do you think about this particular? Give me me your, your evaluation. I mean, it's got a really light color for a dark rum. Um, it's definitely on the lighter side of rums. Um, and so when we say light color, uh, is that sort of a... Like when I think dark rum, I think like Gosling's. I think yeah, Myers. Dark. Things yeah, dark. Things of that the, nature, the, yeah. In the, the very brown black. This is more of a tan gold. Yeah, exactly. Um, in terms of uh, just initial aromatics, I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, 
You're a sommelier. You might agree with me here. I get just somehow I get banana like dried banana chips like all day long on this. No, I I agree. It's it's some of that. Uh, I can see how that mixes because first of all you have coconut water which gives you that elevated um, uh, the, the aromatics there, but then you've got the barrel notes because it's it's charred oak and uh, of course the rums being from uh, Guatemala and you you said earlier you thought I think it's from a base of molasses. Yeah, definitely. So I it mean, takes more esters. You're not right? getting you're not getting any of the funk on this. So it's it's got to be molasses. Based. It's just definitely banana, and it's always interesting when you smell those things. I think you smell them for a reason. To be honest. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, like you, you don't really get the coconut on on the on the nose. I definitely get it on the palate. It's really light, and it has that kind of coconut water, like slightly oily presence on the palate. Um, hmm. It's really soft, really delicate, and kind of dissipates on the palate pretty quickly, too. It's certainly no Malibu, which... <laughs> <laughs> We're not quite there yet. We'll get there. <laughs> um, I'm, I like, I'm a big coconut fan. I used to eat Baker's coconut out of the, you know, the fridge just by the spoonful, either because I like sugar or I like coconut, too. I'm surprised that they're able to produce a 40% ABV uh, Rum with coconut water. I think that's a great idea. I'm curious to know how they implement that in the production process. I mean, are they using it as part of their like dilution process when they're bringing it back down to forty percent? I, I, I imagine that's it. It's, it's got to because it's got that oiliness to it. You know what I mean? Unless you say it's coconut water, but you boil it down to some. I don't know. Yeah. In the days and the waves of uh, modern production methodology and always trying to scoot around the TTB, I'm sure there's uh, some nebulous. Uh, I don't see an asterisk anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I put the ass in asterisk. <laughs> I bet you do. Mm-hmm. But for a sipper, and it's it's a spice rum in a way because with the coconut and the flavor, you get some of the banana, um, banana bread. It reminds me. There's toffee notes. Uh, it reminds me of that banana rum, that rum cake you get out of. Uh, yeah. Yep. That's exactly what it reminds me because it's got that sugar sweetness to it. Now this is meant for for mixing, as far as I can tell. Uh, yes, um, <clears throat> and I, I'm wondering if if you know the, we've kind of shied away from sweetness in cocktails to a degree. Uh, when you think of Manhattan's, first thing you use in Amaro is just something bitter. Mm. The the bourbon itself is going to have sweetness from its its uh, time and barrel. Uh, and the bitters are certainly not sweet at all. So for the most part, a Manhattan is on the savory, bitter side of... It should be balanced, of course. Of and course. that's why they add a cherry, right? Because you want that extra little sweetness to help cover up some of the the roughness of the um, bittering agents, uh, chinchona and all that stuff. What would... In your opinion, I'm a big Manhattan fan. I'm also uh, a Negroni fan. But what is this... The textbook, the simple, the Wikipedia Manhattan made of. I mean, what are those ingredients? I mean, it, it really comes down to the choice and freshness of your ingredients. Freshness being the the vermouth. I mean, vermouth, treat it like you would a wine. Once it's open, you got to make sure it's refrigerated. I think that's something that a lot of folks overlook. Uh, another thing, too, is your base ingredient being uh, the deciding factor is be uh, rye or bourbon. Rye or bourbon? Yeah. Rye obviously being a little spicier, bourbon having um, perhaps a little more tannin from the oak. And sure, yeah. It could uh, be more expressive. Do you subscribe to uh, the idea that a, a young bourbon is better for Manhattan? Uh, I disagree. All right. Um, I, like, I like a little bit more age. I want to taste a little bit of that oakiness to it. I think it's kind of a more robust cocktail. Toss in some aromatic bitters, and you're good to go. That's just so fun. Good to have you back, buddy. Uh, that's Coconut Cartel, which... Uh, uh, well, 
maybe you'll you'll have to get a sample too. <laughs> Send some out to you. Uh, hey, Dustin, that's Dustin Harstead of Black Cat uh, Bar on First and Blanchard. Hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers.